Yo, guys, welcome back welcome to back. episode two of Making It Podcast. I am your co-host, Sugar. I am Fassel. And today is a big, big topic, which is, drum roll, YouTube. YouTube. So basically, in this episode, <laughs> we covered loads of things. We talked about our personal journeys to, you know, leading up to creating our YouTube channels, why we created our YouTube channels, how it's going. We talked about sort of the upsides of YouTube and yeah. sort of... And what's appealing about it. Yeah. Um, and we, in, we talked about loads of minor yeah. topics as well. It's not... This probably isn't the only episode we're going to talk about, uh, you know, YouTube because there's so much We know so a lot of people want to hear loads of things about it, especially yeah. the realistic side of things where it's like not so pretty and not so glamorous. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And if you want to know why Sugar's camera is cut off, it's because she didn't bring any spare batteries, okay? And so leave is, a comment below. Let, this is what her. it's all about. We're giving you guys the true experiences of what it's like yeah. to digitally create um, and getting it. through the faff, okay? If we want to make it, we've got to bring more batteries. <laughs> <laughs> no, Anyways, let's get cracking. Enjoy the episode. Yo, welcome back to episode two of the Making It podcast. I am your co-host, Sugar. I am Fassel. And we are two junior doctors who are just trying to make it. Exactly. <laughs> so today we want to talk about our journey through YouTube. Yeah, right? big, big topic. Big topic, like... lots to break down. And okay, let, so let's start with why why you decided to start a YouTube channel. Okay, so YouTube um, is definitely becoming more trendy than it was before, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think when I was young... I never really saw the appeal of YouTube in terms of like being like a side career or or something that you can monetize from. Mm. It was just a concept that I wasn't aware of when I was young until very recently I started to see people who started when I was young who are now like ridiculously successful mm. um, with very minimal input in comparison to like your nine to five job yeah. um, and with maximum output of just opportunities on opportunities. Um, so that's the big appeal of youtube isn't it so um i wanted to try it because i just wanted to see what the process was like and whether it's worth it because i think you only ever see like what people end up becoming Mm. and you don't really know the backstory of like how much work you have to put in to making the videos and and whatnot So um, so who did you have your eye on that you kind of like aspiring to be like so my day one youtuber that i always followed was superwoman um, so Lily Singh. Oh, Lily Singh. So yeah, Lily yeah. Singh from day one. I think she, her and Diary of a Bad Man, they're the two people that I was religiously following on YouTube. Um, just because they were both South Asian um, comedians, um, very, very entertaining. But amongst the entertainment, there, there was something really authentic about them. Like I never saw them as celebrities or people that I just cannot resonate with. You know, I just felt like they were one of us. Like their content was very much like things that we see on a daily basis that we wouldn't pay attention to but when they put a limelight on it we think oh my god that is so true so i used to follow them loads um so this is when back in like secondary school or yeah this is when must i was have been like, secondary school right starting from the age of like 13 to 16 like teenagers so almost like two decades ago yeah. so um, you wanted to be a youtuber back then or you were kind of no. just being introduced to that idea no i never wanted to be a youtuber because okay. i didn't really know what that meant like even just the term 
are you a YouTuber? Like yeah. that to me, like, you know, it doesn't ring in my head like, oh, do you want to be a doctor or do you want to be an artist? Like th the concept of a YouTuber, I never saw it as like an occupation and mm. never thought it's something that you can become. Yeah. And I didn't actually know back then that for them to be YouTubers, all they did was just get a camera and film themselves, yeah. you know? Like I just, I thought it was genuinely like you have to apply to YouTube, get an interview yeah. and be able, I did not know that it was like an accessible platform that anyone can do. Mm. And that anyone can just do what they did. Yeah. You know? So my, my, my story was a bit different. So like basically in secondary school, I would watch loads of YouTube videos. Like growing up, that was my sort of place to go to. You know when you're just bored, you just go yeah. on YouTube and just just go down a rabbit hole of just random mm. videos. So I'd be watching all these different types of videos. I'd be learning new skills on there. So very early on, I, I realized, that, okay, this is a subconsciously at the very least, that this was a sick mm. platform, you know what I mean? To learn whatever you want to find. If I wanted to play the piano, for example, I bought a little keyboard when I was younger. And I would learn songs. I would watch the YouTube video yeah. and I'd run next door and like practice that. So mm. that was my go-to thing, right? And like, I think in some ways it was sort of my first social media platform. I don't know if you'd consider it a social media platform. Yeah, but in some definitely. ways, yeah. it is, right? Like you connect, there's communities on there. Mm. And I remember very early on, I must have made like a channel to upload like stick animations did you, did you know about this? Are you one of those ones? No, because <laughs> essentially I must have been like 11 or 12. I don't know where this is going. I know, I would make these little, <laughs> essentially they were like little flip books, but you could do it online. Oh, sick, yeah, yeah, I know what so you're talking you about. So you make a, like a... It's like a co compilation and then it like kind of... Yeah, exactly, but there was, it, a, yeah. there was some software that I used, I remember, I don't know how I ended up doing mm. it, but you'd adjust the people at, like very slightly and then you capture a new frame. different seconds, yeah. Exactly, right, and then you make it into a little movie. And so me and my younger brother, we both did that. And then <laughs> shortly after... Like, I started following people, like, ga gamers, like, you know, yeah. at the time. You said that in the last episode yeah, exactly. about your little gaming phase. Massive, yeah, <laughs> massive gaming community on there. So then I was like, I want I want to be like that. For some reason, mm. I just felt like I wanted to be a part of that community. Like, I felt connected with it. I thought I could do that. But not only that, like, I would actually enjoy doing that. Mm. I would like to be part of this community, like this little niche. Yeah. Um. So then I bought the the software and stuff to actually record my gameplay to do that. What did you get at the time? Um, it was, I think it was called a hopage or something like that. It was essentially <laughs> like a monitor recording device mm. in HD. So essentially you'd have to connect something to your gaming console, your TV, and it would it would record the... It was like a screen mirror type. It was like a screen recorder yeah. essentially. But back then, like, it cost a decent amount to mm. actually buy something like that. So then I did that. I was, I was gaming and stuff. And similar to you, like, I, di I didn't see it as... I didn't see it as a career. And even when we say, like, that person's a YouTuber, it, it's such a... It understates what they do as mm. well. Because, like, you could be doing a hundred different things on YouTube. Yeah. You just happen to be on YouTube, right? You're, you're doing whatever, but you just happen to be on YouTube. It doesn't make you a YouTuber. YouTuber, no, no. But I don't know. It just... I think in people's minds, it, it allows it to, like... Mm. It helps them to put people in a box and say, okay, they're on YouTube. They make content on YouTube. That's mm. why they're a YouTuber, right? Um... And then, w when did it come to a point where I started to see? Yeah, I think it was in. I think it was in med school that I started to realize. Oh wow, okay, some people on YouTube are earning big bucks, mm. right? Like, these are usually big personalities. People like I would always associate YouTube with having a really, like, how would how do you describe it? Like, uh, eccentric uh, yeah. personality. You know what I mean? Like, you had to be really good on camera. You couldn't really be 
couldn't really be boring because those are the people that we used to watch Lily Singh. And that's the thing. Like, I think because, like, you see those type of people, like, you don't, like, what I never saw, I just compared YouTube as any other channel on TV that I feel like you have to have a certain criteria Mm. to fulfill that. Otherwise, why would people watch you, right? So I saw them as, like, in the same industry as, like, the entertainment industry, Mm. which is, like, a whole nother game, right? Yeah, Um, but yeah, like it was more that you, I think back in the days, only those with like the personalities mm. really did make it far. Yeah. Um. But then actually over time, when you delve into like the dark side of YouTube, you, you realize there's actually so much. There's like, so much out there. Educators, mm. entertainers, you've got people with really like weird humor that no one understands. Yeah. Um, you've got um people like, you know, young, young people who are kind of showcasing their talents. Um. And you've got people who go around to the general public and interview them. And mm-hmm. there's just so many different styles, isn't there? There's so much stuff. Yeah. And like, it almost seemed like people were genuinely ha- having fun. Yeah. And like the idea of people actually earning whilst ha- doing something that they enjoy, whatever it is, as long as there's an audience out mm. there to watch it, it's pretty sick. Yeah. So what what point did you, I, I know it must have been like towards the end of med school that yeah. you start to think, okay, maybe I'll do it. Mm. Um. But you only started what a couple of years ago now? It's been what? Well, like two years ago. Two years ago. Like, um, but so, so I'm 28, mm. so I feel like I'm very like late. I mean, there's no such thing as starting something late, yeah. you know, especially when it comes to like social media and whatnot. But, um, like I only started to consider it when I met people who did YouTube, yeah, you know. So, all these years when I was at university, when I was like anywhere I was I never came across someone that I knew that did YouTube really right who did, so, you, who did you meet first um who was it it was I can't actually there was actually um a guy at uni he was like um a producer on the side but he had like his own like record labels okay. so he did like stuff on YouTube um it was just random people like they were, I wouldn't say they're my friends yeah but they're just people that I just knew of at uni in, that just it, did sort it sort of in your circle of acquaintances yeah right? but yeah. also like in med school there were a lot of um educators on YouTube that really? obviously helped me get through med school so yeah. there was like channels like I mean any medical student will know this like Osmosis Khan Academy all that yeah stuff, Khan yeah. Academy and there's like the other guy like Harmanda Hussing something yeah, quite, it, where he would draw stuff yeah, yeah. and whatnot so like then I was like hold on a second like these are people in my field mm. and they're putting this content on YouTube yeah um so did you, yeah. oh so did you start to think I could do an educational yeah thing because you're quite quite into education as well right so like yeah because i think like you know you try and find points that you resonate with right Mm. so at the time i was in med school i was a medic i completely lost touch with the whole entertainment side of stuff yeah um so for me it was like oh like they are literally just like me Mm. they are making lecture notes just like i would make them yeah so i could if i had the right stuff really do youtube so yeah that's what sparked my interest um but then when you actually made it obviously your your the videos you actually put up are a lot different to that yeah they they really are um so so how how did you get to that point at what point were you like okay this is this is what i want to make videos about yeah so the whole journey actually started during lockdown so during lockdown Everyone's at home. They're all bored. And they're like, you know what? Life is short. Mm. People are dying as they're breathing. Let yeah. me just do something. So I feel like at lockdown, everyone like had a new hobby, right? Yeah. Whether it's from making like Dalgona coffees or whether it was like oh, yeah, doing those like quizzes on Zoom. Yeah. Or some, people took up a new hobby, let's face it. It's not a lockdown if you don't have a new hobby. Um, so for me, I then was, I think I just went on to like Med Twitter found a lot of medical educators and medical influencers on YouTube. Mm. And I was like, oh man, like they're just, you know, recording stuff on their phone. Then at that point, like coincidentally, Ali Abdal then 
um, started up his part-time YouTube academy. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time he did his YouTube academy. And I was following um, Ali like probably like a few months before. Yeah. Um, and do, you, do you want to tell the people who Ali is? I'm, I'm sure yeah. everyone knows who he is. In case you don't Shout know who Ali, Ali. Abdel is, um, he is an ex-doctor, um, but now he is a jack of all trades, I guess. He does everything. <laughs> he what does, does everything. He do? yeah. um, I think he kind of blew up on YouTube um, when it came to him doing his like, productivity content, helping people to study better, mm. all of those things. Um, so, yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Like, do I do this? Do I not? Then I asked you, I was like, oh my God, there's this YouTube Academy. Um, like, do I do it? And then I think you all just said, like, you know, if you don't start it with the cohort, you probably will never start it, right? So yeah. just see how it goes, see how you like it. Fast forward about a year and a half later, it was probably one of the best courses I've ever done. I'm not even affiliated with it, so I'm actually being honest here. Um, Affiliate link in the description. (laughs) Like, I made a lot of big purchases during lockdown because when you're at home doing nothing, all you do is just spend money on stuff that you don't need. But that was probably one of the best investments I made because it just opened up this whole entire world of creators. Mm. And not just YouTube, but just creating online and, like, the whole Austin Cleon share your work notion, you know? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool time. Like, it was as soon amazing. As you make all these people who are making stuff. And... Yeah, like, and, it, and it's perfect because in lockdown, you can't see people, yeah. right? So you start to feel lonely. So then when you're a part of this virtual community, you're like, that's the only community you have at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you start, and you know, at that academy, at that cohort, there was people from so many different places. Mm. Like, you know, there's, I remember there was this one guy in Australia who would like log on because the classes were live. So it's not something so that you download. You're on the other side of the world, isn't it? Yeah. So for him, he will join those classes around like, for him, like 2, 3 a.m. Yeah. Right. And then he will join the cohort classes and stuff. Um, And that's when like, you know, long story short, they went through the gear that you would want to use, how to start, what to start, why you would start. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, rem- I remember we had a conversation as well before you were thinking of buying it. And like, you, you just want, you wanted to take the leap, right? Mm. And I remember us having a conversation about even if you were to pay just for it to give you the kickstart yeah. into making the video or just putting yourself out there for the first time, you like, just put a few videos out there. Mm. In a lot of ways, it would be worth it because to make that leap is sometimes the hardest thing, right? Yeah. So it kind of justified the price in that way. And we both kind of, mutually understood that value of money you know what i mean mm, 100%. like the purchasing power to help you to sort of throw yourself into something yeah and give you that sort of accountability that okay i've paid for something now mm. i have to do it you know what i mean yeah and that's the big thing though like i think people like need to stop thinking that these things are expensive ventures mm. the whole reason why people want to create online is because it doesn't have to be expensive like you don't actually need the gear like that's the one big lesson that i learned from the, the cohort is you don't need to have expensive gear it's not what you use it's how you use mm. you know actually like like Ali Abdal himself he started making videos like on his phone and whatnot like it never started off from using SLR cameras and yeah. all of that stuff um so it doesn't have to be expensive but the reason why it can be expensive is sometimes if you are someone who doesn't know other creators online you don't really get that motivation so if joining a cohort like the part-time youtube academy means that you spend x amount of money but it gives you access to all these other people that Mm. who you know over time become your friends you know a year later we all met up in london you know even the international people that came down to london to meet up you know so you know there are perks of it and i think the big perk is like you then become part of the community which as a creator can be really hard to set up Mm. you know and a lot of people say that the creator journey can feel really really lonely Mm. um 
but the big motivation is like being around people who do it and i think yeah. that for me started very late i think that's know? one of the nicest things about starting like just having people who are on the same sort of wavelength because I, I, I realize this. A lot of people just don't understand what yeah. somebody who creates goes through, like the process and stuff. Yeah. And I don't I don't mean in the sense of, um, you know, like coming up with artistic ideas, but mm. like just trying to find time to block off just for like for the creative process. Um, like, say, for example, staying staying at home mm. it, when, when people think that I'm at home and I'm saying that, OK, I'm, I'm working on something. If they don't th- if they if they know that I'm not working at the hospital, they just assume my time is off, like yeah. that like that time is available for them to kind of like slot like slot a, a motive in with me and just like do something with me when really like they, some people find it very difficult to understand that, okay, I need this time to kind of just sit at home and sometimes even just do nothing or mm. work towards getting something done, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, you, you're quite lucky that you had that, um, that cohort yeah. to be with. I didn't have that many people, especially starting off. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, you you obviously had that phase of being, like, a gamer, YouTuber, yeah. um, which no one will ever see, unfortunately. But if, if, if you guys encourage him, he might no, show... It's off limits. At, like, Maybe at I least can, one. I can, show show some, one. I can show you some clips, no problem, but I'm not I'm not <laughs> opening that kind of worms, like... Especially the comment section of, like, 13-year-old boys. You don't want to read it. Oh man! So I mean, it's a big jump. So you you started off being like this kid in your bedroom, like showing people that you're playing like Call of Duty or whatever it is that you're playing. Um, you make it sound like it wasn't cool. No, no, it definitely. I'm. I have no doubt that so it's it was. Cool. It it was cool. Okay. I'm the coolest. Um, I feel like if KSI ever watches this, or something it's cool. KSI. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that because of KSI, that? KSI, shout me. <laughs> um. So, but then you went from that to then starting a brand new channel. Yeah which has nothing to do with games. It was a complete different world. And your first video that you uh, made, was it before lockdown or during lockdown? It was during lockdown. Yeah. And that was, you were... I had COVID in that first video. Did you know that? Great. <laughs> Should have done about that. Um, but you, so your first video, I remember, it yeah. was about um, a product. It was a digital product. Yeah. Can't remember what though. It's a tablet. It's like the, the drawing the Wacom. tablet. Yeah. The Wacom tablet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. So you started off... It was a logical next step from gaming. Okay, so like... I'm joking, it wasn't. Just share your thought process. Like, what made you think, okay, I'm going to start this new YouTube channel. I will be the brand of this channel. Mm. I'm going to make this as my first video. So what was going through your head? I mean, it was great. It's a big question. It was great, but what made you start with that? you ready to hear the whole spill? Okay. Yeah. So basically... Okay, so I went through the gaming phase. That was purely for fun, right? That was just... I, I, I genuinely liked doing it. There was no idea of making money. I mean, like, the idea kind of... I had it in my head, but I was like 14 years old, you know. Mm. I was just doing it for fun to share things online, to sort of see what people wanted to say backwards, back to me, right? And like just enjoy those comments coming through, those likes coming mm. through. Anyway, that was a very small scale thing. And then I go to med school and then, um, you know, I tried to, essentially I set up that company to help people get into medicine. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's the first time I actually spoke to Ali Abdul mm. because he at the time had just set up his mm. So I think we had a little brief interaction like online and stuff and so we followed each other. And I set that up and then essentially I moved on from that idea to something else which I started up at a university. And basically I was I was quickly realising that this kind of whole entrepreneurship thing was something that I really wanted as Buzzword. part of my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> of the year. Buzzword of the year, really? right? And I was like, wow, like you can literally just create whatever you want online, start earning money mm. online. <clears throat> and... Like that idea kind of really took hold of me during mm. med school, and so I was I, w- I was like I was at this point where I was at this crossroads where 
either I focus completely on medicine or I kind of open up some time for this new entrepreneurship entrepreneurship thing. And then similarly, I was at the time where I was sort of following people like Ali Abdal, right? Mm. As in, and okay, what he's done is amazing. But also I think a lot of people don't talk about this is the sort of representation he gave to a lot of people who like, you know, Muslims, Asians, yeah. people who looked like him, you know, like mm-hmm. he felt relatable. He felt like that, oh, that, that neighbor next door or that guy from your, yeah. you know, university that like you could, you could go out there and do the same. And but also representing medics, yeah, which I know sometimes he might not want to kind of affiliate with, who yeah. knows, but I think that's amazing. Like, yeah. because when, like for anyone who doesn't go to med school, one of the main things that you get told, probably in the first lecture at induction at med school is how the GMC perceive your presence online mm. and social media and how it correlates with professionalism. You know, yeah. there's a huge question mark on how far can you go in representing yourself outside of the workplace yeah. without being unprofessional. They basically scare you they into... Do. Yeah. into essentially conforming to this kind of really innocent person with no, who doesn't share their views yeah. outside. Okay, and to a certain extent, obviously, I understand it. But everyone is always on the edge, right? And so, yeah, absolutely. And so he definitely broke that barrier. Like he broke he that barrier. He be both. Exactly. And he yeah. just sort of, he wasn't just the medic. He was the medic. He, he was like everything else as well. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole productivity thing, you know, like he really introduced, he, it sort of blazed this new sort of path, right? This sort yeah. of productivity sort of path. I don't know. Obviously, there were people before him, but but like you know, yeah. for a lot of people, he was the first introduction, yeah. and now he created this whole new pathway. With it, okay, and so I was sort of following him, and I was sort of you know reading up, reading books about entrepreneurship and stuff like that. And then I I quickly realized right that statistically, if I come up with an idea of new business, mm. right, chances are it will probably fail. Okay, or it may it may not be this one that succeeds, but like maybe a subsequent one, right? And I realized that essentially, when you when you start up a business, people give people pe- you have to like raise awareness and attention mm-hmm. towards the business. That the attention doesn't go to you. No. Okay. No. Not not that I have an issue with that, but the problem is that say for example that business fails, you have to start all over all again. All over again, yeah. Right, because people only care about the business; they don't care about no. who created it really. So I was like, okay, that sounds kind of inefficient. Right, so I was like, "What can I do that is more, more likely to sort of carry over into whatever I want to do in the future?" Mm. And so I got introduced to this sort of concept of, of a personal brand, right? And then loads of people were talking about this, and so I started looking into this, and I was like, "Okay, what does it mean to be a personal brand?" Essentially, if 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 I slightly put the attention on myself, not for the sake of you know to make myself s- seem like some yeah. really cool guy, right? But say, for example, I teach medicine, for example. And but I'm the face essentially, right? People might become interested in me, mm. so that later on down the line, if I decide to pivot into something else, like talking about making it on a podcast, for example, yeah, yeah. that people might be interested, right, and follow me on, just similar to how Ali did it. So then, I first the first thing I did, I remember, I was, I was, I was in Japan, right, on my medical elective, and I was listening. Uh, I went solo, right, that was mm. my first solo trip. And I was listening to this Gary Vee uh, audiobook. Mm. It's the first time I listened to anything by Gary Vee. And you know his style. You, you've yeah. heard Gary Vee, mm-hmm. Gary Vee, right? He's just like, come on, man, just do it. Just like <laughs> flipping, just start right now. <laughs> and that's kind of what I, I needed yeah. to hear because sometimes when you listen to these books, right? Yeah. The thought the thought that you've been kind of like pushing to the back of your head comes to the forefront. Yeah. And that this thought that, okay, you just fast or just, just do it. Just mm. like stop being so scared and make make a personal brand. Yeah. So that night, I remember making a new Instagram account. That's all I did. 
Yeah. And and you know when you change it to like you, you can write it in like personal, personal blog, blog and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of like a business profile or something like yeah. that. I did that and I essentially I maybe made one post and I was like, this is gonna be I'm gonna make a personal blog. And I was so nervous at the idea of it, I just went straight to sleep. Like I didn't want to <laughs> see any kind of reaction from anyone. Mm. And so so the next so essentially I started that, I started posting a bit there. Then from there I started I started writing online. I made my newsletter, yeah. right? And you know, that that's another talk for a whole nother episode. But essentially that's how it started after that. I was like, okay, let me let me start writing online. And from that point, I said, okay, once I felt comfortable writing, I started getting in my head that, you know what, like there's there's levels to how you can connect with people and writing is sort of, it's not at the top. It's almost mm. audio goes afterwards, I think, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And then video is like right at the top because mm-hmm. you can script stuff, you can write, you have good writing behind it, but you also got sound, it's audio visual, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're kind of, at the end of the day, if you the best way to kind of consume information is to have all those senses mm. like, targeted right anyway so i'm like at this point I, I need to start a youtube channel so this was leading up to covid i had already planned mm. to make a video but i was like okay i was still really nervous about how i was going to start yeah so i kind of it took me a couple months to get the camera learn how to use it for the first time because i never mm. had a proper digital camera and i was like because i had previously had the channel right so i felt like i, ha- I had some sort of level of quality to sort of um a benchmark to kind of mm. live up to already so it took me a bit of time but i kind of wanted to at the time i was sort of trying to follow the ali abdal pathway okay like do something which is the best combination of what i'm good at plus what people want to see and what i enjoy mm. obviously i don't make uh, content like my original ones now yeah. but that was the process right that's sort of like the journey i took to even uploading the first video mm. um yeah that's my life story what a journey. What a journey. It's been a great journey. And now you're on, is it two plus, two K plus just, yeah, subscribers? Just, just <laughs> two, two plus subscribers. Two, two plus. I got, I got maybe three, four. <laughs> My mom, no, that's dad, great. Auntie, yeah. How many videos have you done? Um, I don't know, but I think maybe 20, 30. 20, 30. And on average, would that be uploading? Every, so you, do you start off with uploading every week or every month or... What was your oh, schedule? Because so that's another thing about YouTube is scheduling. And mm. actually not just YouTube, even like your creators on Instagram and yeah. stuff, like scheduling when you upload stuff and do you record it in batch or do you do it as you go along? Yeah. So what was like your initial kind of scheduling program? My initial thing was... Amongst working yeah. as a doctor. As in, I was still very early on in trying to figure out. So I kind of jumped into, I was like, okay, I'm going to create, right? But mm. then even within that, there's so much, so much to think about. Mm. And I never really... I gave it some thought, but I was like, okay, I know I need to post regularly. Yeah. How regularly? I'm not. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it might be once a week, but I quickly found out that that is very difficult to keep up. Even like if yeah. you're, even if you're doing part-time medicine, like the stamina you have to have to mm-hmm. be able to script a video, even if you do that, or you know, record it. L- you know, be learning at the same time yeah. how to make the video look better, how to make the audio sound better, uh, get a nice setup at home. You know, find the time to record. Yeah. Edit it put in b-roll put in you know all that stuff and then upload it as well come up with you know a strategy to or new content ideas it's it's like a full-time job yeah and like doing it alongside obviously being a doctor i quickly found that i I, I was essentially burning out trying to do it at once a week and so at most i was trying maybe 10 10 days but i could never really keep keep it up um it's not quite quite as bad as your once a year uploads (laughs) 
So th- th- this is the thing. I feel like we mentioned it probably multiple times now that like, oh, it's so it's it's almost like a full time job on top of being a doctor mm. or this is hard on top of being a doctor. But even if like you don't have a full time job, like I complete like I completely have so much respect for people who do it just full time and mm. that is their thing full time. Yeah. You know, because actually there are times like the only times I actually miss going to work is when I have like a really like intense period of recording or filming or drawing or something and I'm like okay I just really need to get away from mm. this I, like, you know I'm lucky enough that I, I have something else that I do that is completely different to it mm. a lot of people don't actually have that and this is their life and soul and they stick to it they are consistent yeah. and years later they're still strong yeah so I think regardless of if this is a side thing or if this is your main thing it's just hard full yeah. stop um and I think a lot of the things that you said about oh b-roll and doing this and doing that for anyone who hasn't started YouTube, all of that is going to sound like faff. Mm. And I think for anyone who hasn't started but are thinking about, you know, starting something, that's the one thing that puts them off is all this faff mm. in the gear and setting up. And, you know, when you think you press record but you've talked for hours and you check you haven't pressed record yeah. and then, you know, downloading things on your laptop and then editing, like, yeah. all of that is just faff, But I kind of find that quite exciting, you know. Like, yeah. When I first started, like, obviously we both started kind of mm. doing lockdown, right? Yeah the idea that like we were just kind of exploring it for the first time put my like it had like my mind was going towards something as opposed yeah. to just kind of like oh going to work come back like f- feel upset that you can't go out and like i would go home and i was like okay i've got something to work on you know what i mean yeah so in a lot of ways i really enjoyed it and another thing i wanted to mention right w- w- which was one of the big reasons i was like i wanted to have a creative sort of interest or mm. you know creative side hobby was that somebody said this i don't know who who said this quote right but it really stuck with me they were like with work we we treat we we try and find shortcuts yeah but it were like with art we we go deeper yeah right and that's kind of what i i would think about i was like i don't want to spend my life doing just things that i'm trying to find shortcuts at or you know yeah. try and skimp out and not not do the hard work i want to yeah. i want to i want to sort of dedicate my life or part of my life to something which i can get better at yeah. Which I want to, imp- which I can improve one percent every day, and I was like, I wasn't quite sure at the time if medicine was that. Mm. Like I, d- I didn't go home and and just start reading up about medicine in my spare time. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. And, yeah. You know, I've had a that's a whole separate. And you just wouldn't go home and and research exactly, about exactly. And I was like, where where is my attention going? Yeah. When I go home, and I was like, right now, I'm spending a lot of my free time not getting yeah. paid, trying to learn more about how to make a better video, communicate better story to to enjoy the process of creating and mm. you know what I mean so like f- from that point of view like that's another big thing which I, I like highly mm. recommend and that people especially if you've got a nine to five if you're thinking about starting a creative mm. hobby whether that's singing writing um, you know just vlogging even if it's just for yourself and not putting it out there just the process of having that like sort of that outlet yeah really makes your kind of life feel a bit more whole I, whole, I don't know it, it may be different for <laughs> other people um I don't know. What, what do you think? No, no, Did you, do you agree. enjoy the process as well? Um, I would say like no. from <laughs> <laughs> nope, absolutely hate. I mean, okay. So th- the way my brain works, I, I it's not like ADHD kind of traits, but it's more so like I like when I do something, I get super super excited about it, and then when I'm really really excited, I will go ham. Like yeah. I'll go from zero to a hundred, and I'll, and I have no regrets doing that because I have that adrenaline. It's that newbie rush of like, oh my yeah. god, this whole new world, and you discover Sh- so shiny object syndrome. Literally shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Um, and then, but what what happens is I then 
not burn out really quickly. Not I don't get bored, but it's like it no, does. The novelty wears off. Yeah, the novelty wears off. Mm. Um, and it, and the thing is, it's like it's really unrealistic to like when you hear you know so many creators saying, oh, I you know upload videos once a week and I do this once a week. Like all of that is great, but it doesn't mean that is doable for everyone, mm. you know? And I think sometimes like, you have to really ask yourself, like, why are you doing it in the first place? Which will definitely give our answers. Yeah. Um, but I think when I started, I was part of the YouTube Academy. So I was still virtually surrounded by, you know, 20, 30 people who were on the same path as me. A lot of them also started at the same time as me. And so in between videos and stuff, we will talk, we'll give advice, um, you know, we'll give like a lot of guidance on each other's work. Mm. So then you have other people around you who give you that rush and give you that adrenaline. But then after that, like life takes over and things start to become more realistic. Yeah. And you just come to the real world where, you know, what is your life outside of the screen? What is your life outside of the camera? You know, a lot of people have so many other obligations mm. and so many other priorities. And, you know, to a lot of people, it could be excuses like, nope, this is an excuse, manage your time well. Mm. But it's hard. Like, yeah. It is hard. And I think... You hit this dip, right? Yeah. So, I mean, after my four videos, I still continue to film. I still continue... Yeah. Like, I've I've still... I've actually got probably, like, on average, like, four videos that I've filmed, but just, like, half edited. One is, mm. like, 60% edited. One is, like, 20% edited. All of that stuff. Um, And I realised, like, f for me, I only learned editing really, really recently. Mm. Um, And then I got help from... So from an editor that I got from Upwork, mm. um, massive, massive help. Um, and then over time, it was just like, I was so frustrated in not learning fast enough. Like, so when I made my first videos, I made sure that the quality was up there. Yeah. You know, a lot of people thought I, I was doing this for years when they yeah. saw my video. Yeah. The problem with that is you're then setting yourself really unrealistic expectations. Mm. And, and it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to have high quality videos from the get go, yeah. you know, and then someone from the academy then told me something really, really wise and was saying, look, you just like people aren't watching your channel for like the special effects and the quality and the 4K camera. They're watching it because of you, you know, they're mm. watching because of what you have to say. They're invested in how you think. Mm. And most importantly, like, they're sticking with you because you gave them some sort of value, whether it's educational, whether it's putting a smile on their face, whether it's making them think a different way or or just being like that voice in the background whilst they're doing their laundry, mm. you know? And that simplifies things so, so much. Um, but, you know, a year and a half later, still just, still just got four videos, I will resume to it. But I think I want to resume to it at a time where... I feel like I can manage it with my with my real life, and I think yeah. a lot of people crack that really quickly. Yeah, and some people take time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you're just gonna end up hating it. So what's the yeah, point? Yeah. No. Hundred percent. I feel like even like when I first started, I was like, no, I have to. Like, I really wanted to. You know, when you 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 build these sort of projections in your head, like, oh, if I post every day for a couple months. I'm gonna see the spike that everyone's yeah. promised me, and like then it doesn't come, and you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Then you then you feel that yeah. dip, right? Not only like mentally, but you feel a bit burnt out. The people who initially supported you to get started, mm. they sort of say, okay, like you know, what's new? Continue. So you know what I mean. That initial spike of support also stops. Yeah. So all all those things sort of come together, and like you you start to realize, oh damn, like this this is real, like. I can't just keep riding that high no. that I first had, you know, when when you start. Um, so I've seen a lot of people who have 
created Instagram pages or YouTube channels mm. who don't go very far beyond the first or second video. And I feel like, I mean, it's very easy to do, but like if you don't really sit down and think, this is why I'm doing it. Mm. And like you have you have to be willing to sort of make do the work even when no one's around, when no one's yeah. clapping for you. And I think a lot of people, even myself at times, had an issue with that. Like, I, I, you know, I, I kind of wanted people to look at what I was making. If no one's watching you're what fine. I was making, you just at some point you think, is it even worth it, right? Yeah. The question runs in your head. But then I sort of had to sit down and think to myself, even if nobody, even if nobody watches the videos I make, reads the news that I, that, that I write, is there benefit in that just yeah. for me? 100%. Like, in terms of like, going yeah. through the motions 100%. And go, you know learning how to become a better storyteller because there are skills that you learn and a lot of the time times if you make it the content for yourself first and foremost mm. you'll, you'll never really be upset when other people don't give you the support you yeah. that you thought you'd get right mm. and so yeah like I've definitely I've li- literally exp- experienced the same dip a hundred times over and I'm sort of still even now two years on navigating that sort of you know how to create merge it with your lifestyle yeah not really care too much about you know the numbers and the the algorithm yeah the numbers and the algorithm oh the algorithm the algorithm the numbers like i remember do you remember one time i'm not sure if i sent this to you but like so many times like even on the youtube dashboard (laughs) yeah you see, okay, this <laughs> one performed really well, this one didn't. Yeah, and then, and then the um, rank the videos, one out of ten, and yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, but then one time, I remember there's one specific, uh, there's a live monitor of who's watching your videos, and I really like that one oh because there's no numbers on it. Yeah. You could just see it going up, down, up, down, just yeah. randomly at random times. And for me, I kind of, I had to remind myself, I screenshot it actually, just to remind myself down the line that, there's no obvious trend there, but I shouldn't be upset about that. Yeah. But the most important thing is that the, there are bars there, meaning that people are watching videos, and that means that I did the work. I made yeah. something, right? That's the most important thing. Mm. Not that people, who, who, how many people were watching, because that can vary. Yeah. I've got no control over it, but mm. the important thing was that I did the work. I, mm. I, put, I put something out there. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key thing, like... If it's YouTube or if it's just any sort of creation, the key thing is you just got to be patient. Like you've got to be really, really patient. And I think like, and the thing is like nowadays you've got loads of YouTube creators and loads of like companies and like marketing people who will then advertise like, oh, you know, join our course to kickstart YouTube and whatever. Mm. And they'll give you examples of case stories like, oh, this person started YouTube and within two months got 500,000 yeah. subscribers and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm still waiting for my 500. <laughs> but like, Give it to me. But this is so wrong to advertise something that way because then yeah. you're then grabbing people who want to start YouTube purely for the numbers and to get monetized and stuff. And I think if you're wealthy enough where you can afford to just be the front face of your channel and hire 15 men to do your editing, to film for you and all of that stuff, cool, good for you. But I think the struggles that we're talking about are the struggles that majority of YouTubers face because they are doing everything themselves, mm. you know, everything. And actually, it's only very later on down the line do they then start getting help. But even the help that they get is 10% of what they do. Yeah. You know, they still do majority of the stuff on their own. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, you just got to be really, really patient. You've got to ignore the numbers and you've yeah. got to ignore that stuff. And I think that's also another reason why I slowed down because 
actually, when people message me saying, hey, Shugs, when's your next video? It was like the explanation that would give me saying, oh, my God, Shugs, you've got, you know, 1000 views on like your video. You need to keep that going. Yeah, that's me. And I was like, <laughs> every week. And I was like, I'm I don't like, need to keep anything going because actually, like, you know, we're, we're talking about numbers, but they're people. They're, yeah. they're, they're people behind the screen. What? Who knows? I mean, I hope they are not robots. Like, um, but you know, these views, like, these are people taking time out to yeah. watch your video. No, that's honestly, you know? yeah, big point. And if if my audience is authentic, they will come back, even if I do a video like yeah. in a year's time. Depending if if what I talk about and what I do is still something that they're mm. interested in, you know, I think once you start to get quite big, it is important to see the audience and see what they want. And I think only then the numbers are really, really important yeah. when you've got an audience yeah. and you really need to see what the audience wants, right? Because there's yeah. no point in... You can start doing experiments. Yeah. yeah. But when you're starting as a beginner, it is predominantly about you and the mm. process and what you're learning. Yeah. And it's not so much about the audience then because yeah. you're actually dealing with a non-existent audience, right? Yeah. Um, but what you said was, was, was really cool. Which you, what you said was that like you're dealing with real people right like mm. people say this analogy as well that like imagine you had however many followers you have or viewers right in front of you you'd be like wow that's a lot of people right and i think about i have to remind myself this like here and there that it's actually a massive privilege for someone to take time out of their day to give you attention right because like mm. that's one of the biggest commodities we have at the moment right it's just our attention we only have a finite amount per day who are we going to give our attention to right yeah. and even when we're literally like when we've got no followers no one really supporting us we don't have the numbers we don't have mm. the credentials yet that people choose to spend their time and support us to comment to leave a comment even you know what i mean like now i try to reply to as many people as possible yeah. because i'm like not only did you like it you spent your time writing a comment you know what i mean just for me to see or to give feedback so like i think not enough people talk like like you said not enough people talk about why you should create just for the sake of creating yeah. As opposed to creating to get some sort of material benefit, like, you know, get views, get, uh, you know, get an income. Yeah. Like there's so many people, even like, say, for example, a lot of these videos from from big brands now is mm. that they try to they go to this like these remote places and yeah. fight or like these countries where these painters or artists do things on a very low. Like they have a really cool creative process, but they don't really put themselves out there. They yeah. just enjoy. Yeah doing what they were doing like there's this brand uh Aimee Leon Dior or something I've butchered mm. that name have you, have you heard that AOD I mean I think oh French. I think I've seen In, I, I can yeah, recognize like the logo yeah. French or something yeah yeah okay we'll cut that bit out if I said it wrong anyway <laughs> but basically the, one of their recent videos was like there was this kind of like guy who was doing pottery I think or something mm. like that and he's just got a typical kind of like little garage it was in Greece or something like mm. that right and he's just he's just full of like you know like a paint almost like a painter just like coming yeah. dirty like clothes ripped stuff. just like smoking in this really grungy kind of place and th like he was dropping these words of wisdom for for the this mm. like brand promo right and he was just saying like it's you know it's about it's just about the process essentially you know what I mean um, and not enough people see that side like if you, it's not very glamorous is it yeah. like but I think it's super underrated and not yeah. enough people speak about it so hopefully on this podcast we'll try and talk more about sort of the benefits of creating even if no one's watching mm. um and like you know how what you can benefit from it yeah and like i think it goes back to what you said earlier that you know 
people don't really actually do YouTube to become a YouTuber. They, it's just a starting stepping stone mm. to other things that they want to do. And I think like when you are starting YouTube, like it is really like good to kind of see like where do you want this to go? Just to ask yourself like, why do I want to start YouTube and why not do anything else? Yeah. You know, like what is it that YouTube is going to give me besides just the views and the comments, yeah. you know? And I think this is why, like, actually, sometimes I've seen examples where the numbers don't actually even matter. Like, for yeah. example, if you have a really, like, niche topic that you are centered around, mm. then all it takes is actually just one person to come across your channel and then see if you are someone that they are very, very interested in for, you know, collaborating of some sort, you know, whether it's sponsorship or whether it's, you know, taking you abroad because they want you to be part of, like, this, you know, conference or event or whatever mm. and so all that actually takes is just one person so i think people always think like oh no like you know no one's going to care about a youtube channel that's only got like 500 subscribers or whatever but it's like that is very very untrue because i can give you examples of youtubers or people who do youtube who literally only had 100 subscribers but they just got discovered by someone yeah. who gave them more opportunities that can, they would ever yeah. get if it was just in person you yeah. know so that's another reason why you shouldn't focus on the numbers because if you really yeah. care about what you are doing and what value you want to give to people, it literally just takes one message to mm. line up your day. You Sometimes know? even just like putting yourself out there, people are looking at you and saying, yeah. okay, out of like, you know, you you might just reach, say for example, 20, 30 people, but then they have in their head that this person, not only what, what you're about, but you're one of the few people who are actually doing it. Yeah. And like already by creating something you're already in like the one percent you know what i mean like of yeah. people who have an idea but you're actually doing it. you've already proved that you've gotten past that yeah. initial hurdle of trying to get the courage to do something you know what i mean so absolutely there's yeah. so many people who have very small followings but very niche mm. followings and somebody might reach out to them you know like and i think some people i think the best way to describe it is that like you're almost increasing the opportunity or your like your surface area for luck to come to you yeah you know what i mean so like just putting yourself out there is very difficult to sort of explain every benefit that yeah. comes with just putting yourself out there yeah but opportunities come left right and center you know what I mean? in the ways you least expect but, but you won't know until you actually make a video exactly. and put it out there and mm. this is probably a very popular opinion but it is really, really obvious, and not this is not just on YouTube, but I'm seeing it a lot on like Instagram Reels at the moment because obviously short form content mm. is like, boom, like the next big thing. Yeah. But it is so obvious when you come across a channel that is full of videos where they are making it just for the sake of putting something out yeah. there and to maintain the numbers. Yeah. Because like, and you really like realize this really quickly, but when you come across those videos, these are the kind of videos where it's formatted in a very trendy way because, for example, if it's an Instagram reel, they'll use like a track that they know has been used so many, so many times. Yeah. Um, but it's like when you're watching it, you don't actually know what what you're watching. Yeah. So you don't actually know what is giving you or like there's no like storyline. There's no message. It's not It's marginally entertaining, but it's just another thing that is filling up your screen. Yeah. You know, and that, I've come across YouTube videos as well where, for example, like... I think a very easy, like, with YouTube channels, it's a bit like a playlist, right? So in your playlist, whether you're a DJ, whether it's your Spotify playlist, you have tracks that just make the playlist what it is. Mm. So, for example, like, I want to do a playlist on, like, Summer's Day, like, for, for a really good time in Summer Picnic. These, these are the playlists that I'll play. 
you have tracks that just really, really set the vibe, yeah. but then you've also got you've also got filler tracks. So these are tracks that aren't really like you know your singles or like stuff that you'll notice, but they just fill the time and yeah. they they fill the playlist to be what it is. So you'll come come across YouTube channels where a lot of the videos are just filler videos, mm -hmm. but even then, like. If it's a filler video, it should still coincide with what you want to give yeah. in terms of value and yeah. why you're doing it. Otherwise, it's just spam. It's like absolute spam. Um, and that's why nowadays, I actually haven't come across new YouTubers that I would actually stick to because yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is another get ready with me or yeah. oh my God, this is another mukbang or whatever, you know. But I think when people put their own twist to it, yeah. that's when I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. you know. But if Th you're doing it because you can't think of another video to yeah. make, don't make one like mm. that's a very unpopular opinion i think a lot of creators say no make a video if it means that you have a video per week yeah. make a video which is great but i think that decision is algorithm driven yeah like i would rather take my break and that's make a just video sort of like trying to play not play play according to the rules of the system right yeah like if you want to win and in some ways i, I, I kind of get it but mm. like you know we've had this conversation about like making art versus making content right like, yeah ideally we like because we really respect the art form of yeah you know music or making a youtube video or making something like really quite original yeah where we kind of tilt towards the artistic side mm. whereas i think what, what you're saying is essentially that we like to just see something as content for the sake of you know just putting something out there just for numbers just for um you know for the algorithm you, you kind of sometimes have to sacrifice the artistic element and make it sort of just very bland, yeah. you know, expected, relatable, mm. but it doesn't have anything new about it. Um, would you make those filler videos? I would. Or would you rather invest that time in scripting something? What, that's me, like myself? A, yeah, yeah. So I, I made this decision recently, which was that, like, I think there's, there are almost like two separate minds you have. Okay, you've got the artistic mind, you've got the business mind. And I perfectionism mind or just like just yeah just yeah. kind of like get results mind yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's that balance isn't yeah, it yeah exactly it's that balance but i like both those elements yeah. of doing something so for a long time my my uh, like for example i know that i should be putting out more videos my business side is saying put out a video a week yeah get some amazing. results let's see if this works because we know what to do we've 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 consumed all the advice let's mm. do it but my artistic side is like no i'm not going to put out crap <laughs> yeah you know exactly what I mean? And so I keep, I, I kept ping-ponging between the two sides, yeah. sort of swaying left and right. But then I mm. realised, you know what? What I should just do is just split them up. Yeah. Have something, of, of, some, some sort of idea that I can work on, mm. which is purely almost business. And I can yeah. put out content, I can put out filler, which is still very useful, but it's not pure artistic sort yeah. of expression, right? And the other side is just like, for example, my personal YouTube channel, mm. I just focus on pure artistic expression. You yeah. know, you just enjoy the process, take your time, work on it make it better yeah and i think that's sort of given me peace that you know i don't have to find a sort of messy average between the two mm. but i can just sort of have all of one and all of the other yeah it makes sense and that's the thing because like like in my opinion time is money right so preach <laughs> preach time is money because like if i'm starting out no one really knows me mm. and i'm starting out as like a side hustle okay so if I'm already stretched for time, yeah. why am I going to waste my time making a video for the sake of putting something out there every week? You know, and I just think like crap videos are fine if it's meaningful crap, you know, like not every day do you need a video where it's got like 
some moral to the story or like it's super super entertaining like i get it sometimes you just have a normal video of you just talking to the camera that's great um but i think when people already when they start out people already have imposter syndrome right Mm. they're just like who's gonna watch my videos i'm not even interesting and And they only start to get faith in themselves when they get some sort of traction and some sort of feedback saying hey i really like the way you think right but then I think you only get the courage to make those filler videos yeah. when you do have like a little bit of an audience and you think, okay, these audience, like they're sticking with me because they like me for who I am. Yeah. So maybe I can just do a video of me just talking to the camera and be like, hey guys, don't really have a theme of this video today, but I just wanted to talk about X, Y, Z, mm. you know? So I think those kind of like low intensity videos, they do work, yeah. but maybe just further down the line. But yeah. I think it is all depends on your audience. Mm. I think the decisions that you make when doing a YouTube channel predominantly is decided by the audience and the kind of feedback that you get. Yeah. Just like with anything, right? What? So you're saying that like we sh- like a creator should be guided by what the audience oh God. says. Oh no. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh, I'm about to you get cancelled. <laughs> um, a hundred percent not. I think instead you're of cater to your audience, is that what you're saying right now? Is that what you're saying on camera? <laughs> I think instead of seeing it as you versus the audience. Like, if they are invested in your channel, then they are thinking very similar to you or you have something in common with them, right? So I think it is just, you guys are a team. Mm. Like, the creator and the audience, I see them as, like, one team. And it's almost like saying, hey, I'm going to make these videos to somehow make your life better to a certain extent. Mm. And you guys, by investing in my channel, are also making my life better. But also, like, you always ask your audience, hey, what videos do you want me to do or whatever? Like, your audience is a big part of your content mm. isn't it otherwise yeah. you're just talking to a brick wall. yeah so i think i don't think you should do it for the sake of other people mm. but you should do it for the sake of being a team player yeah. and doing something that you enjoy and your audience enjoys i think you're, you're the same team you're not two different teams it's fine just do what you want <laughs> <laughs> end of episode end just of episode do what you, you know want why? because literally i was about to come with the biggest counter argument <laughs> well maybe we should save it for another day no um, just do what is sustainable I yeah. think at the end of the day like your video will be nothing without you and your energy yeah. and if you are not in your top form or just in a form that you are comfortable and just being your best self yeah. then there's no point and yeah. sometimes if you're getting pressured by people or numbers whatever yeah. it is that you're getting pressured from the best videos happen when you're not under pressure and it's natural and it's organic mm. so that's all that I know 100% did I save myself I think you brought that back quite nicely thank god we can end it. We'll cancel you next episode. <laughs> but yeah, so what what do we cover today? So we so we've covered obviously that was our the our story of how we started YouTube. Yeah, why we started. Why we started. What's appealing? How it's going. I mean, we, we'll, we'll obviously talk about in, in in later episodes where we hope to take things, and you know whether or not if we do have any big updates on our journey, we can obviously we're going to keep all you guys informed. Um, but we have loads of other topics to talk about in, you know, the sugar social enterprise, Scolione, there's lots to talk about there. Um, and Fessels, am I allowed to say it? Yeah, go, go Fessels it. Hippocampus. Hippocampus. Which is a out. brand new medical education By platform. By the time this episode comes out. Yes. It's You're going to see some videos. You, you, yeah, there's probably going to be loads of videos already up. But super, we're about, we're about two, day two into actually uploading videos. But, um, but at this point... I haven't really shared it with anyone, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about that as well. That's another big thing. That's sort of more the business side of creating. Um, 
Yeah, and I think YouTube is such a big topic mm. that you can't really cover it in one episode. So I yeah, feel I like feel like we've not done it justice. Nah, like so I feel like today we've covered like you know the the good side of YouTube, like why side. you would start yeah. and what's so great about it. Um, but the whole point of this podcast is we give you the the BTS of everything, the bad side, the dark side. Yeah, so there's always a dark side with anything. Um, so if you're listening to this episode mm-hmm. and you are considering YouTube, you probably have got zero value from from why you should start youtube because we didn't say why you should start youtube we just told you because what we can give is our experience we can't tell you why you should do something or what Mm. you should do but we can just tell you our honest opinion of what it felt like going through the process and we are still going through the process so if you are merely interested in knowing more about youtube and knowing the realistic experiences Mm. then tune in and stay with us and drop us a comment or like you know uh, we'll have some sort of way that you guys can obviously communicate with uh, with us. We would love to sort of get back to your any questions. If you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss, yeah. put them in the comments, especially on YouTube. And we'll be reading every single one. We'll get back to you. Hopefully, maybe we should do some sort of um, create a support or create a Q and A. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, just let cool. us know, like if you know yeah. your experiences, or if you started YouTube and if it was a success or if it failed, mm. and just tell us about your experience and. You know, if you're okay with us sharing it to the rest of the world, then that's great because I feel like the more experiences people hear, the less lonely they feel, and you know, the more kind of people realize that these are very, very common issues, and there's always a way around things. You know, the whole point is we try and make it. <laughs> we are making it. You are making it. Yes. Everybody's making it, even if it's meaningful crap. Meaningful crap. There you go. That summarizes our podcast. Anyway. Yep. Thanks a lot for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will see you next time. But in the meantime, carry on making it, guys. <laughs> That's so cheesy. <laughs> Cut that out ASAP. We're cutting that out. Peace. <laughs>